You are listening to Plugged In, a podcast dedicated to the energy and utility industry. Each episode, our host, Mark Babin, speaks with industry leaders to bring you the latest information that can help optimize your operations. And now for your host, please welcome Mark Babin. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Plugged In. My name is Mark Babb and it's fantastic to have you on this episode. Thank you so much for clicking on this one and for joining. It's a really interesting discussion that I know you're going to enjoy. Today on the podcast, we'll be taking a look at one of the most valuable strategic assets an operator has, especially in this current era. That is, of course, data. Specifically, we'll be discussing why many operators are so reluctant when it comes to adopting a data-driven approach and how they can take forward to better utilize big data and use it in a more proactive way. And of course, there's strategic operations from the front to the back. Now, this is a big topic. Data is, of course, a massive discussion. And so we have brought a very experienced guest to help us understand these points as best as possible. I'm very excited to welcome Tobias Gailha, the resource industry lead at Accenture. Tobias provides more than 20 years of direct experience leading major transformation and innovation initiatives in the energy and chemical sectors, the fundamental goal of which has been typical deep transformation in firms as an interaction of many elements, organizational, strategic, functional, and technical. So Tobias is definitely our guy for this talk on data. It's a fantastic discussion, a lot of great actionable points that you can literally take right after this episode and start to think about within your organizations. So definitely grab that pen and paper if you have them handy uh, and we'll jump right into this episode. So enjoy it and I'll catch you on the other side for a quick breakdown and recap. Tobias, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here and giving us a few minutes of your time. It's a big topic, one that we're seeing continuously growing in energy and utilities. So appreciate your time today and looking forward to the talk. Exactly. So thanks for having me. Perfect. So if we look at the adoption of data, we're seeing a lot of lag in the industry. We see some people adopting it, maybe more of the big players than the small players. Why is there such a reluctance to really embrace this first party data potential? I'd say I'm not, I wouldn't agree necessarily that there's a big reluctancy. I would say there's a big challenge around it. Mm-hmm. And if we are looking at what, it really, what is really defining a data-driven approach, we are sometimes very fast in jumping to technology, right? Because that's, that's the obvious one. But if you look at it uh, with a broader set of where the companies are really struggling, it's, technology is only a small part of it. Right. So if you look at uh, some of the cultural issues that you're having in, typically in an organization, it immediately starts with, if you're not talking about big data or talking about unstructured data or, uh, let's say, KI or AI or Künstliche Intelligenz, like to say in Germany. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's about how do they use something boring as reporting today? Because, to be honest, a lot of data is already available, right? So right. how does your retail business uh, perform? How do your campaigns perform? Who's buying? Who's not buying? How many customers you lose and so forth but the, the topic is I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that is even used to the extent so okay. are there ceremonies like every month how do I exactly do our campaigns go 
Do we have a proper marketing ROI? Do we get our return on what we do? I'd say there's a lot of gut feel management around still. Mm -hmm. So it's not the discipline in using what we have. And then taking the next step even from that, meaning you start with what you have, then it creates and sparks more questions. Mm -hmm. We would like to know more exactly how different customer segments are exactly buying our product. How do they regionally maybe differ? So are they buying from the competition? By, from which competition? What can I upsell? What can I cross-sell? What is propensities to service that I may have? So all these kinds of questions, but it typically comes a little bit with um, having a proper appetite around using data that you have mm -hmm. and then generating more questions out of that. That typical, I'd say, dynamic is sometimes or often broken. Mm -hmm. yeah, because it's, there's a so-so, I would say, appetite for using data in a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And therefore, also this immediate, what's the next level of understanding, the next level of insights, it's not necessarily there. I would say that's an organizational challenge, first of all. Yeah, that gap that's existing between the collection and the use. So then where should operators focus their efforts on getting that ball started? Obviously, they need to learn as they go. But what area of the business do you feel has the most potential to have an impact right away for them? I'd say the starting point is a very tough one yeah? mm -hmm. because it's a, it needs to be a very honest one. Mm -hmm. And before jumping to big data, you know, broad advanced analytics or something, it starts with the very honest self-reflection of where do we stand in what we're actually doing. How are we actually running our business in sales, in grid operations in generation and so forth and then from that basis on saying okay actually we don't have a problem with data we have a problem with using insights and applying action to those and really steering the business according to that mm -hmm. or is there something like we are always jumping on the next nice flower like a butterfly like there's a fancy stuff out there with you know ai kind of usage of predictive maintenance stuff and tryouts of POCs or a little pilot here and so forth, instead of cleaning up the closet. Because the one thing that's also very true is if you want to use data, they need to be in quite good shape, right? Yeah. So curated, semantics uh, correct, understanding correct, brought together from different data sources and so forth. And also that is, of course, a big challenge for the companies mm -hmm. because in legacy application sets, leg uh, legacy uh, technologies that they're using, if you're always tending to invest in the new stuff, you never clean up the old stuff. And that's not sexy either. Yeah. Yeah, so also there, there's a little bit of a, of a difference between what's important and what's now urgent, what's the next little fancy thing. And so this reorientation to what really matters and what creates and builds capability is something that's not so easy to see in large organizations. Yeah, so It needs a little bit of navigation and orientation towards what's really important. That's also a big challenge. Within the organization itself, there has to be a shift in thinking in this way then. Like there has to be Correct. a cultural shift. Yes. What drives that? In the end, it's executive sponsorship. Okay. Yeah? And um, so if you, if you start something like we want to become more data-driven, mm -hmm. we want to use more insights, I, I learned sometimes uh, when I was in Australia just for, for vacant, uh, vacation reasons, there was a surfer rules, right? And one of the first rules was start with commitment. Uh, it was into a wave. Huh? So I say that's very much true. 
Because if you start with a little investment here, let's try something with data, you will never get there. Because cleaning up your data stores, cleaning up what you're having, is going to cost a lot of effort. It's going to put resources into that, money, but also people. You'll probably need to recruit some guys that are really know what they're doing, right? And so it requires commitment. So that's already the, the, the biggest starting point. Don't fool around on the, let's say, edges of the organization with let's do something, let's try something out. You need to have a proper foundation of where you stand and build from there. And then you can do all kinds of use cases based or interesting insights that you want to create, but the foundation needs to be right and you need to invest at each 60-70% of your efforts into the foundation of creating capability. We're seeing this become more of a need as we go into the future. Is there going to be a specific tipping point at which those who haven't started this process are going to be in trouble? To be honest, if I look at, I mean, obviously the utility in industry and the regulation around and the market models around utilities differ a lot. Yeah. You know? So from the U.S., to yeah. some European countries, the, the regulation scheme is very much different. Um, so you could say there's more or less competition on the different uh, angles and different uh, parts of the value chain. But there's certain, especially around retail, around really the, the sales business, in making non-commodity services, in broadening your footprint in that, maybe around the home, maybe around energy efficiency, where everywhere where it's really the customer in the center of, of your business, there it will make a, definitely a, a, a massive uh, a difference because it may not be that you're making more customers or you acquire more customers, but you can focus maybe on the ones that are more valuable and you're not just dilutive with regards to margin. So focus, orientation, and then building on that with, with diversified uh, uh, build models and retail models and product suites, that's where actually the, a massive influence will come and there's already a big competition going on. So that's very, very uh, clear and obvious. Is the customer side where the focus should be priority-wise then? You know, if I look at a typical halfways integrated uh, downstream utility, right? So mm -hmm. I'm not talking about generation too much because there obviously there are many topics yeah. with it, renewables, conventional and so forth. Leaving that aside for a moment, the classical downstream is distribution services, distribution uh, grids, and retail business, classical retail business. Yeah. Of course, the distribution grid is more around the assets, but analyzing assets, asset performance, risk, predictive maintenance, and, and that steering your resources correctly is a massive part in that. You have obviously a lot of data around that. Could, of course, be enriched, clearly. That could, could always be better, but there's a lot of potential there. But the customer side, the technologies are so advanced, are so mature already because yeah. out of telco, out of classical digital businesses, I mean, everything around customer analytics is, I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal what you can do already with today's technologies, nothing to invent. Mm -hmm. And probably that's an easy step, I'd say. Okay. So you mentioned telco, and I think we, we said at the beginning that uh, there's a challenge in the energy industry with this shift. Is that the way we should look for influences from other industries to see what they've done? Or is there other ways that you would suggest to, to pull inspiration from into the industry here? No, I mean, the telco industry is an obvious one. They've mostly gone through regulation cycles earlier than utilities, at least for Central Europe. And therefore, that's a natural one for looking at the customer side, what you can do with upsell, cross-sell, how you can orientate towards uh, the customer and be more proactive. 
but also more specific around the individual needs. Clearly, that's a lot of copying can uh, yeah. and, and deriving ideas and also approaches mm-hmm. can happen there. On the asset side, probably very much different because you have gas, you have power, so a lot of specific tech, uh, technologies that are that are being used and a lot of regulation that's also differing there. Um, so there, maybe not so much. But for everything that has to do with classical retail, you can steal from telco, you can steal positively um, also from the, the classical broad retail, mm-hmm. everything that, that goes via digital channels. Um, so also a lot of technology has been developed there by the classical technology giants. Yeah? Yeah. And you can steal and, and copy a lot from that. Yeah, pull inspiration where it applies the most in your yes. operation. Is there something to be said with obviously an operator perhaps looking to move in this direction or, or apply more of their business assets towards this? Finding a partner like yourselves to work with and develop a long relationship so that they can lean on on the expertise of a team that knows what they're doing rather than them having to constantly learn. Is that is that really the way for a long-lasting solution here? Again, taking a step back a little yep. bit on the, on the cultural elements of it. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, utility companies are not, you know, famous for long-term partnering. There are exceptions, and there are big differences between different regions. Maybe it's a cultural thing between nations or so. Um, Because typically and historically, they own the complete value chain. So totally integrated from generation, distributing the energy, selling it off in a monopoly. So sharing a part of that with others, ecosystem, partners, whatever you want to call it, is different mm-hmm. and it's difficult. But And therefore, you, we see a lot of insourcing also. Yeah? We okay. need to, at least the ambition to do it, right? So we need to own the data models. We need to own uh, the technology. We need to be completely A to Z, all over it, understand everything, do everything, develop everything and so forth. And then if you multiply that with different utility providers in a region or even the other classical industries. I mean, there's a war for talent. It's not even a war. It's, a, it's a, I don't know what it is, yeah. the bigger term for that, because they don't get it. As we are, as Accenture, we are fighting with other large tech companies for the talent. Mm-hmm. And then the classical industries also want their share in that. So it's really scarce. So I, I would rather come from a, from a point that can we really stand up a long-standing capability by ourselves, meaning not only recruit, but also continuously upskill, having them all with all developing technologies always up to date, and then retain the people as well. And I'd say probably not. Yeah, so it's more maybe not the direct way to go there. Mm-hmm. So it's a share. And there are interesting models like co-sourcing. You can have the ability to judge, to steer, um, and also to evaluate, but then the actual doing and a lot of help with that and support comes with partnerships and long-standing partnerships, which can then taken, be taken back a little bit that yep. you're self-standing. And then when you move to a, next, uh, to a new field, you get more support. So it's a little bit like breathing, scaling up and down. So you get the support you need, but it, you don't get into a, into a heavy dependency, which is typically what the utility companies do not like. More like a mentorship rather than a direct yeah, it's support where it's needed. Also technology, yeah. really hands-on yeah. stuff. But then also bring, bringing the training with it, right? So we, I mean, we have as a company, we have massive training material. We're doing and, and upskilling, I mean, tens of thousands of people every year. Yeah. 
So using that as well to stand up an own capability and then breathe and scale up and down a little bit based on that. So, but give it a head start. I think that's uh, probably a good idea. Sounds good. Let's touch quickly on the tools that operators can use when it comes to this data side. Obviously, there's a, a lot of inspiration we can pull from the other industries and tools that they use. Retail, you mentioned. Which ones are going to stand out when we look at the advances of AI and machine learning in this industry that can help automate a lot of processes and can really, you know, they can take advantage of uh, the data collection part. Is there a specific area that you would suggest that operators look into for what they need most? Unfortunately, there's no uh, simple answer to that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a galaxy in itself. Yeah. Because if you, and, and typically, what we also see a little bit as a tendency, everyone is immediately jumping to the, to the data science piece, right? Yeah. So the really advanced stuff that, that you can do. But to be honest, that's probably a, a very small percentage of the work huh? because you need to prepare the data, ingest the data, cleanse the data, <laughs> uh, let's say deploy the models, train, the train, especially when it comes to AI, train it properly, then test it and so forth. So there's a whole galaxy around these topics. And for each of the steps... There's a plethora of different yeah. tools that you could use. Certainly cloud comes into play there. So there's tons of services for each in each of the hyperscaler uh, ecosystems that you could use. And then there's again the question, are you playing with several of those? Are you focusing on maybe an ecosystem more than rather than uh, just distributing it all over the, the place, right? So uh, because you also want to have your people trained and able to oversee it still, right? But if you play with every toy that you find, yeah, you will hardly ever yeah, uh, excel forward. in something, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a little bit also finding the right kind of focus. But you need to look at the whole life cycle. And, uh, and that's what we also uh, typically uh, give our, to our clients and tell them, look at the whole spectrum. Don't, do not look at data science, individual kind of models, because it will stay small. Because in order to put it into productive use, you will have to take it where your data is, take it from there and ingest it into the models and especially get the insights back. Get yeah. your insights back into your CRM systems, get it back into your websites so that the actual offers can be more uh, specifically customized and all of that. So it needs, there's a way into the analytics and a clear way out again so that you can make productive use out of it. And there, all kinds of technologies are being used. Typically. Yeah, different solutions in every part of that life cycle. So on that life cycle you mentioned, um, is this something that over the next while, obviously we've seen exponential change over the past yes. two to three years because of everything that's happened in the world. Now we see more happening with everything going on in the East. Is this something that's over the next years just ex exponentially going to get faster and faster in the way that things have to adopt and change and, and companies have to think and, and proactively plan for that? Yes, so if you probably, I mean, with regards to the, the technologies that are available, I would assume it maybe in one, in some of the parts, there may be a consolidation, right? But the innovation cycles and the innovation uh, speed is, they will probably not slow down. Yeah? So for each of the hyperscalers, all the tools around in all the ecosystems, there will be more options, not less. Mm -hmm. More specialized tools, more rich uh, uh, more advanced and, and so forth. So it will grow. And that will mean the complexity for the companies to what, I'm, what am I using, where am I focusing, 
will not go down. So the complexity will also increase. Mm -hmm. So meaning if you don't start today or tomorrow, you will probably still catch the train, but you it will not it's not something that you just plug in or out. All right. So you need, you need to start getting through your own learning curves, build a foundation, then probably renew, change, consolidate here. So it's an evolving kind of um, tool set and technologies that you're using probably five years from now a lot will have changed but still you you cannot wait and there's always sometimes the tendency to say is it mature enough shouldn't i wait for the next mm. you know level or the next wave absolutely not because if you don't catch it now yeah so you will have a harder uh, time uh, in three years and it will never be ready so that's a little bit the we like to think in modes we're saying okay the solution is ready The, te the technology is mature, but it, it's already mature, and it will go from here to even more advanced states. More advanced. Just continually evolving in exactly. every step of the way. As the market changes, as the demand changes, it's going to continue to evolve. Yeah, a client just asked me uh, two weeks ago, he asked me, okay, um, you know, where we stand with, with, with the market um, um, situation that we are in, also a retail question, actually, mm -hmm. um, And what happened in the tech industry? So, how much time do we still have before we act on, you know, competition? Or before we act on on more customer centricity? So, totally, I was totally astonished by the question because, and I told him, already three years back, you didn't have any time. So, you know, it's never you cannot wait for anything. You you can take a larger step or a smaller step now, but you need to act because it's it's an evolving game. It's an evolving technology game. And you need to start learning and you need to start to get on the journey. And I mean, the commitment that I just mentioned earlier, it's a question how much commitment you bring, the more you, the faster you will then advance. Especially for something that we know is changing. This isn't a maybe, this is exactly. definitely happening. Exactly. Is there an opportunity for the smaller players in the game to leapfrog competitors, those that adopt early? We saw that in telco, obviously. We've seen that in fintech. Those who were more willing to adopt... And, and embrace their data in a different way? I, th I mean, there are some specifics in the different uh, utility markets, yeah. but there are always smaller players and then there are smaller cross-regional players. I'd say there's a specific potential for those whose brand is somewhere linked to, for example, a community, right? So a city or region that has a good brand and there's a local dependency because... You can couple actually utilities with a lot of stuff like yeah. mobility solutions, mm -hmm. with um, e-mobility, with what the city provides. And combining that intelligently in a digital way is, of course, a, a, a super instrument in order to create retention and build, build it on there. For the cross-regional companies, yes, and for the larger ones, it's easier because they have more resources, yeah. they have more, let's say, capacity, mm -hmm. more people. But also more red tape to get things done. Sure, sure. And uh, for them, certainly there's a higher or larger opportunity to really invest into creating technology more customized. For the smaller ones, I'd say there's already a lot of AI, a lot of data already embedded in SaaS solutions, software as a service solutions and so forth. And that will, of course, increase even more. So going on, a, let's say, on a journey with a specific ecosystem rather than experimenting too much uh, around is probably the way to go for, for smaller companies because they then can focus. Of course, you need to, in, in making your pick, you need to uh, be aware of where the money is in order to innovate, not your own money. I mean, whichever solution you choose, 
There should be a lot of investment, money still around. It should be a lively kind of adoption. And then uh, I think uh, there's no wrong selection. So it's, it's just one as a starting and then you evolve from there. I think we just come back to the word commitment. It seems like the word that's standing out is, is they have to commit at all levels. True. On an investment level, on a buy-in, on a cultural, everything has to be... On a talent development level, yeah. on, a, on a career model level, because it, if you... I mean, the, the worst thing that can happen is you recruit five data engineers, you probably will have to really, let's say, pull them, meaning you probably have to pay a little bit over the market. Then it takes them probably one and a half, maybe two years to get fully productive in your, in the utility industry to learn. And the hardest thing that can happen is they just leave because they say, yeah. okay, what's the next step in my career? And you say, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah. You work here for 25 years, <laughs> like, like yeah, all maybe. the others. So like, no, no, we won't. Uh, so that, and that's, that's also where it then goes into HR models and also, so it's really a commitment. And just looking at the data part, then immediately come, you come up with the next question and then in the end you, you are really in transforming the company. It seems like a, a bunch of little steps that have to take place for the bigger picture to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly. Tobias, thank you so much. It's been a fantastic talk. I've learned a ton and I always love that. So hopefully the audience has the same, but I really appreciate the time. Any final words before we close off? No, I mean, nobody should be afraid of it. You know, mm -hmm. So the data thing is an absolutely astonishing And, uh, yeah, it's a journey to learn. Also, I mean, for me personally, yeah, mm -hmm. so, uh, of course, many people in Always our firm learn. do that, but it's, it's just exciting. Yeah, it is exciting, and, and especially in a, such a dynamic industry yes. that's changing rapidly every day. Perfect. So, so true. So true. Thank you again for being here. Really appreciate your time. Thanks. And there we have it. A fantastic episode in the books. What a great discussion. Uh, such great insights from Tobias there. A big thank you to him and Accenture for joining us on this episode. It was an honor to have him uh, and have them join the podcast. As I mentioned before, lots of great actionable insights that you can take forward. Hopefully answer a lot of questions you may have, maybe spurred some ideas, give you some inspiration as well that you can take to your boardrooms, take to your teams and start discussing as well. That's all we aim to do on this show. If you have any questions about what you heard today, of course, you can reach out to either Tobias or myself. Just head down to the podcast notes. You'll see a link to both of our LinkedIn's and you can uh, reach out to us there, ask questions, add to the conversation that we can clarify some points that we discussed today. Of course, take these conversations further. Uh, we love doing that and we appreciate uh, the engagement from your side. Of course, this podcast is powered by AnyLine. If you want to see what AnyLine is doing in the energy and utility space, some pretty cool stuff, you can head to the website, anyline.com forward slash industries forward slash utilities. Lots of great information there. Of course, that link is in the podcast notes below again. And with that, we'll bring this podcast to an end. Again, thank you everyone for joining me on this show. It was fantastic. And a big thank you to Accenture. Until our very next episode of Plugged In, wishing you all a fantastic day in the world, wherever you may be. My name is Mark Babin. We'll catch you soon. Bye for now.